true believers to another titillating episode of the Not Funny Guys Presents Off the Reels, the internet's number one podcast on U.S. mom and pop comic book locations and public libraries that you can go into and pee when you need to pee. This is the Comic-Con special edition episode. Today, we're going to talk about all the things that we want to talk about that we don't normally talk about and only the things that the dice lets us talk about. <laughs> now, let's get on with this show. We're the Not Funny Guys. I am your host, Casey. Put it in your mouth, Franklin. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, the other members of the Not Funny Guys, Dr. John, that doesn't go there, Evans, and Eric... And you get to relocate, and you get to relocate, you get to relocate, Lime Barger. <laughs> I'd like to remind everyone that if it doesn't say not funny guys, then it's definitely not us. It's those other guys. Gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Well, I hope you all had a, had a good day since uh, we recorded last. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a good one. We're still alive. Excellent. We are all still alive. We are all still alive. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank you for joining us for our, well, what would have been Comic-Con special. And just like Comic-Con, we're going to do things wildly different <laughs> since <laughs> all the movie studios pulled out of Comic-Con this time because um, that whole strike that's happening. So Sweet. we're. Are you saying we're not going to do anything? Peace we're, up. <laughs> we're going on strike. The shortest episode ever. Um, we are going to do something a little bit different, everyone. Um, originally, I planned we were going to talk about all the news that is fit to print. Um, but because of the strike, we don't get to do that. Instead, what we're going to do is John is going to roll a dice, a D6 to be exact. And whatever the number is, we're going to answer a question that I have written down. Or actually, we're going to discuss a topic that I have written down, hmm. um, and it's going to correspond with what a dice roll is. Now, I think I'm going to do something a little bit different. If we've already answered the question that gets there, then we will have to do we will have to do a hot take, and we will do. Okay. Eric will go first. Ooh. John will go, and then I will go. You got to do a hot take. Um, something spicy, something that's going to get us some hate mail sent to notfunnyguys.offthereels at gmail.com. And I don't yeah, mean like that's... true hate, but I mean like if I were to say Rocky sucks and it's an awful movie, I'm sure that's going to get some hate mail right there. So I got one lock and loaded, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so here's also what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be fun and exciting. We're going to have one hour to try to get through all six questions mm. slash discussions. We're going to go until we feel that we are done talking. So if it takes us an hour to do the first one, so be it. Because kind of this. <laughs> yeah. If we don't make it, if we go, if we hit an hour and we don't answer them all, fuck it. Who cares? But if we do make it, you know what that means? It means nothing because we're still getting a no prize. So fuck it. Who cares? We're going to have fun here. Um, Eric is pouring himself some of that sweet, sweet Tennessee hooch. It's not Tennessee hooch. It's Catoctin Creek. Yeah, close enough. Good close old enough. rye whiskey. This is single barrel barrel proof. I hope I make it the hour. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of the uh, what is what is it um, from Batman v Superman, like the, the, the Tennessee sweet tea or whatever it was. John, do you know? I know you oh, love that movie. Oh, that was the George of the Sweet Tea thing. Yeah, oh, the, the sweet, tea, uh, sweet tea vodkas and stuff. No, remember it was no, a piss. It was, yeah, it was a glass. It was like a jar of piss. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Once again, proving Zack Snyder's unoriginality. I thought it was actually a pretty funny scene, but oh. mostly because of Holly Hunter. She sold it. Yes, and that's an <laughs> unfortunate role. She sold it. So um, I've got my timer ready, set to go. So I'm going to let Eric take a quick shot of his drink. John, do you want to take a quick drink? I'm going to take a quick sip of drink so I don't cough. And then you're going to roll that. The second you tell me the number, I will start the timer. So let me take a quick sip. I'm going to swallow the dice real quickly. Hold on. That's going to take us a really long time to find out what the result was. Then. I'm not typically a rye drinker, guys, but this is good. Even All the right, barrel. Here we go. Barrel. Nice. All right. Two. Ooh. Ooh, is Comic-Con being about it is Comic-Con more about being about entertainment and not, I'm hurting comic books today. 
Um, so, um, is are we focused? Are Comic Cons focusing more on entertainment and not the comic books? Or like comics being pushed out of comic? Yeah, comics being pushed out of comic. The short answer is yes. Hmm. Um, I would I would agree and disagree at the same time. Do you want me to? Eric, do you, you want me? Do you want me to rant yet, or you want me to hold? Well, that let's one? see. Eric's. Well, not let Eric respond real quick. I, right, I go, think. Go, go, go. I think. I, so I don't have a lot of stake in the game because I don't have a lot of like pre knowledge. The few cons I've been to have been pretty light on comic book areas or shops compared to the rest of the stalls. Uh, but that said, I also feel like no because comic books still are the main theme of the entertainment that's happening. So I'll leave it there and I'll let Jonathan start. Well, I'm going to answer because okay, I know go. he's going to go. Yeah, yeah, no, no. You wait, wait, <laughs> give so, me the last, wait last, go so, crazy. I think that yes, entertainment is pushing comic books out and to a small degree hurting the hobby. But I do think Comic-Cons are still very much, or com- yeah, com- Comic-Cons are still very much about comic books. It is still people mm. getting together to express their love and their fandom of comic book culture together. This is the one place that I know that I can go to San Diego or New York or wherever, and I'm going to be in a room surrounded by like-minded people. Can I buy comic books there? Maybe, maybe not. But I can at least love the things that I love and talk about it with open-minded, like-minded people. So I think it's a yes and a no. John, you may um, tell us we're wrong. All right. Well, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, Casey. I'm gonna, I'm going to expand upon some what sort of what you just said. But here is how I see it, and this all goes back to the movie Comic Con Episode Four of a Fans Hope or whatever the subtitle was, um, which is a lot of fan service for San Diego Comic Con. And I think when you boil it down to its bare bones, if you're talking about major conventions like New York Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con. The ratio to comics to um, entertainment is skewed towards the entertainment. I think on a more local level, you're going to get far more interaction with a comic book audience. And you said comic book culture, but comic book culture has been co-opted quite heavily by the entertainment industry. Um, So I would say that there's a little bit of mix there. And I honestly think in that documentary... One of the things that I would chide Morgan Spurlock and all of them for is how they literally looked at Mile High Comics and the struggles that they were having and just sort of treated it as if it was like one piece of the pie that was bringing everything down rather than actually thinking about the fact that here is what started this. And here is then in turn what is being shunted to the sidelines. So I don't think. So you said comic culture was co-opted by the entertainment thing. I don't necessarily think it was co-opted by the entertainment world. I think the entertainment world is obviously trying to do what it does, and it is trying to make money and be capitalism um, based co-opting. on people. Based on, but I do think that if you take it out, and from the reports that I've seen from Comic-Con this year, it was people still had a lot of fun. There wasn't as much of that... Um, I got to go stand in line for all night long so I can see this one movie panel. People were just enjoying themselves again. It was almost like taking away social media for a little bit. Yeah, but where that's you were able you to removed. you removed the entertainment industry and you rebalance the scales. Right, that's but I'm just saying like, I'm not saying I'm not saying but this is because what we have here is a test of the absence of the entertainment industry does not mean that and I'm not saying it's the sole driver. I'm saying it has a tendency to be like that person when you're singing who drowns out everybody else. Look, I'm sorry that I drown you all out. That's fine. <laughs> you should learn to be a louder singer. But the damn baritone is that, <laughs> is that there is this tendency of it to sort of take center stage and steal the spotlight. And when it does that, it pushes certain things to the corners and the fringe. And if not was if that was to continue for so long, it wouldn't be long before it was all completely pushed out. But I, I do want to say I, I still don't think that they fully took the culture because there's so many people who okay. So when you go to San Diego Comic Con, and I'm gonna use it as an example because it's the biggest of them, mm-hmm. you you can't do everything. You are either gonna go stand in line for two days straight to see a single panel, a movie panel, or you're gonna go to the show floor. 
and walk around and do things. You aren't doing both. Which I've, I've got to say, as someone who does not visit a lot of cons, my recommendation is the show floor, honestly. Yeah. Like that, get the full experience, take it all in, see the costumes. It's wonderful. It's such a great culture. It's a, such a friendly culture. I will say, like, for being stuck indoors for two to three days with a bunch of other people, it's just a nice group the entire time, it felt like. Uh, that was in New York. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, can I, can I, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Can I add a, potentially throw out a solution option and and see what this gets sure should comic book based conventions or comic cons in general i guess should there be a certain rule dedicated of a certain amount of space like 25 percent of the space is dedicated to comic book sellers right and so like you know that 25 percent of the booth space you know or but that becomes 25% of the hours of speaking, you know, and things like that. But that becomes its own problem because one of the reasons comic book, what comic shops don't go is the amount of space they get for the price they have to pay. They will never make it back selling the books. They have to upcharge so much on the books. They're already trying to sell that it, they can't break even. I'll say that's part of the entertainment injection that I don't like, or at least the business injection that has been inflated. Well, I don't think that's the entertainment piece on that one. I think that particular problem is the people who run the cons. Well, Uh, that's that's read pop. Yeah, that's a read pop issue. Read pop could totally lower the price for those mom and pop shops that That come in. Brings up is it like a one sort of one seller, like a ticket master or something like that, or is it a bunch of different organizers putting you know New York versus San Diego versus pretty much just read. It's pretty much just read pop now. Time monopolized versus Dragon Con. Okay, yeah, most of them are read pop. Um, There used to be a couple, but read pop's kind of taken over. The only way you can get really get away from Reed Pop is if there was like a small little comic con in the town that you're in right now mm-hmm. at like a hotel. Like that's not going to be Reed Pop. That's just going to be. What do you think the contract um, contract T's and you know T's and P's or whatever um, are are around like the idea of someone opening up a smaller con in like a, a neighboring building dedicated to comic books instead? <laughs> you, you probably could, but you're you get great advertising in the space i'm just wondering would they have like some sort of clause like nothing can no permit can be given to another convention essentially within i I think you'd be able to do it but you what john was saying a minute ago with the entertainment side a lot of people what draws people to those big cons is Mm -hmm. the is the look here you're going to get the meat Chris Hemsworth, he's not only going to do a panel, he's going to do his signings, and he's going to be at the Marvel booth. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Which is never what I go to one of those conventions for, but... Right. No, because that's the line. You're you're just standing in line. It's like a Disney ride. I just think at some point you're going to have to rebrand yourself as that you're not the Comic-Con anymore. Yeah, I think they should instead of Comic Con. I think that that actually would make that would be a pretty good solution just to call it an entertainment con or something. I don't know what the Maybe real word a different name because that's the thing I think that bothers me is that if you look at the origins of the San Diego Comic Con and what it was originally and what it is now, fifty there years is almo- there's almost no similarity left between yeah. what it went, what it was. And so I think like you've co-opted the name as like a branding exercise. I, I went to one of the last few years of it being a true comic con. Yes, you did. When I went in 98, it wasn't about entertainment. Entertainment hadn't started yet. It was no, very was much. the 2000s. Yeah. I think they should keep the name Comic Con. I, I do. Like it's their name. If this is a private company, let them keep it. Keep making the money off it. Like, T- like MTV used to be music television. It is That's no true. longer. So TLC used to be the learning channel. It is not. <laughs> like so. Yeah, but see, Reed Pop would name, probably whatever. Reed Pop would then try to like trademark Comic Con. Yeah, and sure. make it where anyone can't call something a Comic Con. And that would be a problematic. I yeah, can see that. That's what Reed Pop would probably try to do. I'm not the the, the biggest fan of Reed Pop. I'll be straight up honest. And that I don't agree with. That I I'm don't not. I'm not in this argument to say that they have to go back 100 the other way. I just think that in a lot of ways, this probably needs to be decentralized and demonopolized, um, because I think that is probably ultimately hurting a lot of other opportunities. Like we're getting into like strange antitrust kind of nonsense here, where like this sort of these companies that end up coming in here and taking over like 
monopolizing the space and then getting to dictate the terms yeah. is completely unhealthy on all and scales. they've turned it into a media event so yearly yeah. you know the well, the city's almost reliant on them to host it now and too. they are like san diego it is a big revenue generator for exactly. san diego now i think one thing that you could maybe do we're gonna take it to la or las vegas you know that could just easily be a threat it's yeah. being made all over san francisco these days yeah i i think one thing you could maybe do to maybe start to write the ship would be um the this con should not be about making a shit ton of money for um for mar or well what do you get for marble or for dc or for warner brothers this is advertising for them yeah this oh, yeah. they should be willing to take a small loss on this or at least at the very no. least well when i say small i'm not talking about like thousands but this should be like you're doing free advertising this is your moment to get out there this and go hey this is all yeah this, this is all the stuff yeah 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 it's revenue generating in the long run right you right that's why i'm like maybe they take a small loss because they whatever they they eat the money that they did they the spend out it's, it's investment books. it's investment yeah. yeah um and then i think then you lower the price read pop lower the price to let comic shops come in because if you kill off the comic shops you hurt the entertainment side it is a symbiotic relationship yes i let people, agree you can charge the prices for the tickets two hundred dollars to get into san diego comic-con that's fine if someone wants to come in and pay that price to get in but lower the cost so you can get the actual dealers in who can sell the stuff I and mean, then you can generate more revenue at the end of the day that's a theme park argument in my opinion too like why like, are theme parks getting so let people in for cheap and they will spend the money on the coke yeah, they will I spend can... the money on the ice cream they will spend the money on the pretzel like you can you are reaping and sowing the money like yeah. Just taking it all at the concessions. Why do you why do you need to like boot like prevent yeah. people from coming in yeah, the Disney. Yeah, Disney. Yeah, Disney. Why are you being so greedy? Yeah, we could do a we could do yeah, a business. Whole, we could do a whole special on my disdain just, for Disney prices and theme park prices. I it boggles my mind why I have to pay two hundred fucking dollars to get into a goddamn shopping mall where you're then gonna rape me with your goddamn toys. No, because it is. I, it really bothers me how I mean, much they charge. Maybe, I don't know. They I mean it Hope really not. bothers According me. To John's how finger much, movements. Um, they they charge for for doing things. I I hate it. I can't I, stand it. But I anyway. feel like so so alternates need to be had, right? Because I have the same feeling about like professional sports. I mm -hmm. love going to see minor league baseball. Mm -hmm. You know why? It costs me about twelve bucks to get in the field, and then I can get the same concessions, the yeah. same beers, the same pretzels, all the same shit. I still pay the same ballpark prices in all yeah. likelihood. But like, it didn't cost me sixty dollars just to walk in the door. Yeah, right. And it honestly, cost me you ten. And honestly, you still get the same damn game. Yeah. Let's be baseball honest. Is baseball. It's three yeah. hours of just like, cool, this is fun. Hey, what are you doing? What, you want to walk around the field a little bit? Oh, look, a Ferris wheel. I don't give a shit. Like, I look, that guy's scratching his nuts. Yeah. I mean, like, if you're a baseball diehard, yeah, you're going to pay the, the enormous seats. But like, why why price out people? I don't. I, it just doesn't make sense to me. I can understand the idea of like booths and, you know, specialty boxes. But a normal ticket, just come on. Let the, let the masses in. I right. think let there's people in and let them buy shit. I think there's worth noting here, and this is another conversation that's completely off topic for another time. But I think what we're looking at here is we're looking at the tip of an economic problem that's going to burst at some point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. No, it's, it's 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 creating. You know, everything has its own elite culture built into it now, and all of a sudden there will come a day where it's 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 purely separate feeling. That's my concern. You know, is that. Baseball will be looked at as this elite sport that the masses don't get to be a part of. They can only watch or NFL even more so. It might already be there, right? Well, Disney's, I mean, I mean, Disney's doing that with Disney's, the theme parks. As a, yeah, it's what, 150 bucks a day you know, yeah. for a park or something like that? It's ridiculous. And then you have to, oh God. Anyway. And then that's not, I mean, and that's just to like walk up to the booth and buy your right. ticket. I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what and that's like. And that's after you pay $30 to park. Yeah. And God forbid you need a stroller rental. <laughs> yeah. And then if you want to ride rides, now you got to pay another $17 per person to access an app for one day to maybe get to ride a ride. And then with your app, you can then spend another $15 to ride the ride. But don't worry, Casey. There's bottled water for $6.50 if you're waiting. Yeah, God. 
<laughs> but I, back to the Comic Con, the, the circle. <laughs> yeah, we've gotten way off track, haven't we? <laughs> um, boy, this was the hot take episode. Yeah, yeah right we, there. we were all over the place here. Um, I, we're gonna, I, but folks, we're gonna rebrand as an economics podcast. Soon, so I want you to know that. In advance. Do not follow our advice. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're just gonna get the hot not takes. successful no, no. guys. <laughs> not successful, yeah. Hot takes from the not successful guys. Yep, that's it. You heard it here, folks. We 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 are we, going to become the not successful guys. Yeah. I'm trading. We're already we're right already now. the not trademark. successful guys. Put it in the mail. Don't open it. Well, that's that's why I did TM right there. I trademarked it. There you we go. got it. I like it. Um, yeah, com- like X. There's no there's no real solution to Comic Con. <laughs> Let's roll the die. Right. I want another one. Roll, roll the die. Roll the die. Roll the die. Ooh, ooh. three. Oh, going in order. How do we like think that. the strike will affect entertainment? Ooh. And I mean that more in, in in long-term general, not just I can't watch Colbert. Out of curiosity, are is any of the other questions about how long the strike will last, or can nope. we talk about that now too? You can talk about it. Go for it. All right. So I think the strike. So there's a lot of estimates putting it towards December now, but mm-hmm. it seems to keep getting pushed out and pushed out in terms of when someone will cave. Essentially, is what it feels like at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, to that end, what I feel like I'm seeing, at least based on being a consumer and looking at a ton of different streaming options, throwing shit at me. It feels like I'm being pushed deeper into their catalogs, right? It's like, oh, you might like this. You should check out this. We're going to put these on multiple platforms. See like Secret Invasion, see uh, Ms. Marvel, things like that, where they're they're trying to expand the viewership of existing material and trying to make that be the holdover, right? So that we as the consumer have the content still, That's but making the their own content problems. creators. That's making problems for themselves, though. Sure, yeah. yeah, they they are removing backlog, so to speak. No, right? no, 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 they're not. They're they're literally technically violating contracts, potentially. Yeah. How so? Well, because if they paid somebody with those actors for the particular streaming service, and then they tried to move it to a different format, they could actually mm. be in breach of certain contracts. Yeah. So if you like, okay, for, the moving like, the moving is probably problematic. Yeah, like Miss Marvel, like, but just recommending deeper in the catalog on. isn't right. I mean, no, that, that that's that would made. not be. Yeah. That would not be where I see this is going to affect things. I think streaming services are going to get more expensive. I yep. think they all are of going... mine. Have, I've got a notification over like almost all of my streaming services over the last month. I've got at least four notifications. Yeah, they are going to totally try to throw the actors under the bus and be like, Including man, YouTube, fuckers. we're, we're paying. <laughs> we got to pay these guys more money. So therefore, you need to dish it out to us. Whereas it should be the CEOs take less money. No, that's ridiculous that we're going to be, that's what they're going to try. That's how they're going to try and brand this is that the actors want more money. Those Mm -hmm. rich little pieces. Like that's not, that's not who wants more money. It's the people you pay shit pennies to. Yeah. It's the majority. That's who they're, it's the, it's the ones who'd make the big bucks who are standing up for the ones who don't. And that's what a union does. That's what collective action looks like. And it's just absolutely ridiculous. I think what the problem here is that both AI and streaming are services that came along and the people in charge don't know what the fuck they're doing with them. And they've become lazy and now they're hitting the wall of like, oh, crap, we should have we should have dealt with this sooner. And instead of doing that, they let it run on autopilot because it was just whatever it was working. We don't understand how it's working. And now they're hitting a wall and where they're getting complaints and they don't know what to do with it. And they better figure this shit out because if they don't. Uh, again, we're talking about a system fail. Well, where this is also going to go p- that people have to watch out for is th- there's going to be all the people who are sitting there going like, this doesn't affect me. This doesn't affect me. You know what? It does affect you because this is the fr- this is what we're seeing with the AI. If you think that AI is not coming after your job where you are a um, where you answer phones for a hospital or a company, AI can do that job super easy. They don't need you. If you normally help push paperwork, don't need you. There's so many different things. I, yeah. Well, go ahead. Can I co- correct just a little bit to that though? AI yeah. is not coming for you. 
your bosses are coming for you. Yes. Your CEOs are coming for you. Your CFOs are coming for you. But yeah, that, but using AI though, they are going sure, to be but like, AI is not coming for you, right? Okay, AI technically is AI is not right. at this and, moment well, Skynet. I, but I, I say that because it I'm alluding to the fact that there is a business culture right now that is capitalism above all. Oh yeah. Um that I think at the end of the day, the truth is as consumers, we're gonna pay for whatever, right? So if the the writers get better deals. We're likely going to see ourselves in, impacted as consumers. We're seeing yeah. higher rates, probably preemptively, yeah, for for some of these streaming services. Um, yeah, we're, we're likely make... to get commercials, whether we want them or not. You know, being inserted at the beginning or end, or maybe even the middle where it fits. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. Um, well, well, with the even if you're um... premium, you know, there's tiers of premium to to come. I imagine. Premium Plus, Premium Ultra, Premium Silver, Premium Gold, well, Premium does Platinum. Max, Max already does the premium because you have to have the upper premium. Yeah, but to Max get 4K. gets to be the dick right now. So everyone just calls them a dick for it. But pretty soon Disney will do that. Pretty well, yeah, soon everyone Peacock will do yeah. that. Yeah. And one of the reasons YouTube, they're doing the raising the price now is because if they don't, in you know November when they do those board meetings and the stock meetings, they have to show that they're they're making revenue. And if they're not making content, the only way to get that revenue is to show through the um, price rates. And if they don't raise that price, then their stock, their board members are going to be like, what the fuck? Well, you I've didn't always, make me any money. I'm I've always won. Go ahead. I was going to say right now, I am I have my, my HBO Max subscription coming up in August. I'm not renewing it. Mm. They can suck it. Well, I've, I, I've always wondered what the actual benefit of streaming is from a business. Like, obviously, you have subscribers and you have a monthly Nobody subscription. Nobody knows. But there's a guaranteed plateau at a certain point, right? Yeah, there is. You can only get so many subscribers before naturally you're going to start losing your market share to other competitors and stuff mm-hmm. in a free market, especially. But even like, even if you got everyone possible at a certain point, you're going to top off, right? There's a natural plateau coming one way or another. It's yeah. like a, it's a mid-level marketing scheme, right? Or something like that, right? So, or multi-level rather. Yeah, they, they're, um, chase, they're chasing a, like a big fish they're never going to so, catch. Well, so they that's, also didn't, so that's they didn't kind account of thing for another problem. Mind, is that it, they're always going to find other ways to generate revenue besides just a subscriber fee. But they, they didn't count, they didn't account for a secondary problem. What? The people who were going to be like, all right, well, it's July, so I'm going to get Netflix and I'm going to watch everything that I missed in the following year. I got one month to do it and then I'm cutting it off. And then, you know, now it's August. So now I'm going to do Disney Plus. I'm going to watch everything that was within the year. And I'm going to cut it off. There are I a mean, lot of people who do that. And they they will sit there and be like, oh, my God, look at all these numbers we had in July. And look at me. We dropped off in in, in August. They're not taking. They never took that into consideration because back in the day with cable, you were locked into a contract. We don't do contracts now. Well, that's the problem I was noting about the thing. They don't know how to handle this, and yeah. they hide all the numbers of what they're streaming numbers too. They don't give that out, so yeah. no one, no one. It's a black box. Well, yeah. you have you. I watch like your 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 marketers like Apple or Roku or places like that. Your your platforms especially find a way to start doing bundles. <laughs> where are, it's essentially a locked are. in annual bundle where you're paying for a year subscription of these things. Well, you have to understand cable, well, cable, Verizon cable's already dying. Yeah, dying. you're basically buying cable at that point, but through yeah, Apple no, but that's the thing is that cable else. cable is dying. Oh yeah. It's I'm, a dying, I'm it's a, it's a dying, it's a dying industry. They're, they're, they're looking they're looking no. the only way to cable's save them is well, they're morphing into a la carte. Yeah, they're off they're morphing into a la carte, but you gotta have it all to get this big super bundle, which is cable. Cable is no longer about the number of channels. It's about the the bandwidth, right? It's how, yeah. how much you can get at any point. Like, how many things can you support? Yeah. Ugh. So getting so. back to our main topic, I would say that um, <laughs> we we need the writers and the actors to yes. break this. Yes, We need them to break because if not, we're going to continue down the dystopian path we've just described more and yes. more. The, I, the I, producers need to sit down, good faith, and have negotiations. Let's do this. Come on. Let's and I do on. the other way I see the strike affecting entertainment is, you know, they ha- they have stuff that's they've been stockpiling, but you're gonna we're seeing everything get pushed out. There will come a point if this thing stretches into next year, you are gonna we're gonna see a deluge yeah. of reality shows and weird little cheap ass movies that they can just pop out really fast 
and then it's going to be like a year of like nothing. Well, and then everything's going to hit at once again. Well, here's the other thing I think that's interesting about this. Is They're going to unlock international content. Well, here, But here's the other thing yes. I think that's fascinating about this is that without the performers promoting a lot of these projects, even the stuff they have in the can might not achieve the market value it was projected yeah. to have. So they could be taking losses on things they shouldn't be. Yeah. Because All they, your... they, they will be hamstrung in their, in their promotional department. I mean, look, your... at bar, look at the look at the UK Barbie premiere. They had to have mm. Matt Gates and his wife do the red carpet. Matt but I don't Gates. What, Matt you know Gates. Yes. And, and you know what happened? Yes. And you know what happened afterwards? His wife went online and trashed the movie. Yeah, I Wait, don't. Matt I, Gates went to London to attend the Barbie premiere. Uh, well, he. I don't How know if he was there. I, up? I don't know if it, he was there already or what. But what? they were desperate for somebody. Was so he looking at him. the dolls, like thinking, like, man, if only? I don't. I don't. <laughs> They're think... so small and little. Like I like them. <laughs> I, I will. I will flat out say I. Don't, as much as Hollywood seems to think having actors and stuff out there promoting things left and right, yeah. I don't think it actually. Do... I would love to see the numbers. Hollywood, prove me wrong. I'd love to see number. I don't think it does as good as they think it does. But they think it does, though. They, they, yes, they might because think they're it talking does. about push. They're talking about pushing films back now, right? But they're put. No, they want to push films yeah, back some because they run out reshoots. of stuff. Yeah. Well, it's it's not just reshoots, but it's also like, what else are they going to do? Because they realize that a month Stretch. delay is two months pushback of a movie. Stretch the like, content. Yeah. So well, I think I that's think another that's, reason that Miss Marvel's going to ABC is stretch content. Yeah, yeah, it's it is stretch content. But I, I, I think that if the movie is good enough. And the marketing itself is good enough. I don't think you need the actors actually out there promoting the movies as much as the studios think they do. But you need some of the, it. But, but, I but don't here's think the thing: you need as much. Uh, here's the thing, and this is where I think actors need to be pushing this as an awareness thing. If the studios don't need them to promote it, make their absence noticed. Make their absence very noticeable. Make it stand out. That's how you get them back. It's how you level the playing field. You got to use the chips you got. And if they think that they I can market, they can. If they think they can market something without you, make sure that everybody knows why you're not there. Use this as an opportunity. You do, you know, let them let people find you on the picket line. Do more interviews. Yeah. No, here's here's my recommendation: celebrities or whoever out there, go on tour. Go find ways to make money locally. See people well, get out there. A lot of them are starting to do that. Some of them and are like, particularly, particularly stand make up money comedians. without the producers and, and force them to the table. Right. Make them well, realize, oh, a lot of we want to get going again. You know, there are a lot a of lot stand ups podcasts. who are doing that. Stand up. So sure. Well, stand up is getting out there. And I, I mean, like listen. everyone. But you're getting yeah, podcasts like Brie Larson has her own part podcast now. True. So you're getting a lot of that. Good. Roll the die. Hit them. Ooh, roll the die. I like it. Six. Ooh. <laughs> this is going to be a short one. Ooh. And I'm going to pick who's going to go first. So, John, you're going to be up first, then Eric, then me. What's a movie that everyone likes that you think is highly overrated? <laughs> Grease. <laughs> <laughs> you want to elaborate a tiny bit on that? Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a couple things. First of all, I don't find the musical numbers that enchanting. Um, I find the entire tone of most of that film to be a stodgy, misogynistic uh, nightmare um, that is basically jokes around with implied rape. Um, and it would only make sense to me as a movie if Sandy was dead the whole time and this was all like an illusion. She is dead the whole time. What are you talking about? Okay. Well, then I might change my mind. Jeez, right. I'm crow, man. Eric, dude, they fly off in a car at the end of the film. And one yeah, of the girls a gets fantastical. a visit from what's his name for a little Barbie, like go back to high school, beauty school, school dropout, dropout nonsense. Yeah. yeah. The whole thing's life flashing before us. Eric, all right. What's a movie you think that everyone likes that you think is highly overrated? Donnie Darko. Fuck Elaborate. that movie. Fuck that movie. Like, all right. It, it It is not a good movie. Like, I've had so many people 
tell me like Donnie Darko, you need to watch it. So I watched Donnie Darko. It sucked. It's a rambling story with a moody teen full of angst. It's basically like, Hey, look, we're trying to be a cool movie. And then like people are like, Oh, it's such a cool movie. Like, because like it's, it's, it's it's presenting right. Sort of idea. It's not, it's not, there's nothing there. It's all, it's all 2d. And that's a shame. Jake Gyllenhaal is a great actor. He does a great job with what he had, but man, he had nothing. So, Hey, then people have told me since then, Watch it again. Check it again now that you're older. So I watched it again. No. Watch it again. No, I'm serious. Watch it this way. Watch it stoned. I did. Watch it drunk. I did. Watch it with a bunch of friends. I did. Watch it with people who are going to talk during it. I did. It fucking sucks, everyone. I've watched this. I've watched this goddamn horrible movie at least six times in my life. And that is six. That is seven times too many. Right. I need to be negative one Donnie Darko here. (laughs) Wow. All right, the Sizzler, man. Hold on, I'm gonna go ahead. I want to. I want to state off the bat. Not funny guys. Dot off the reels at gmail.com. Hey, let me add to this. I want to add and say that I agree with Eric. I have never been able to finish that movie, and I think the only it doesn't finish. It just stops. Well, but that's the thing. I also think that the only people who actually like that film are people who want to either are or want to pretend as if they are dark and moody, and that somehow that gives them a personality. It's like it. It's like. Oh no! I, angst I won't, angst I won't, is I not a person. Angst yeah. is not a personality trait, folks. No, but it is a hole in the roof. <laughs> All right, are, are you are you ready? Are you yeah, ready? go for yours. Go for yours, Casey. I've made a list. Oh, oh my shit. god! Look at that. What? <laughs> He's <laughs> unleashed a scroll, ladies and gentlemen. That is one long list. Both, could, both the paper and the alien. I could, I could, I can name movies all day. I could stay. <laughs> That's um, bullshit. You like everything. <laughs> no, he's already he's already dropped the hot take previously. <laughs> I I could say um what's that movie? I, um shit. Um the Harrison Ford movie that I don't like, John. Um the future movie. The future one. Everyone Blade Runner. How, I could oh, say Blade, oh, Blade Runner. Runner's not great. Fuck yeah. Blade Runner. I could say Rocky. Fuck Rocky. Yeah, I could true. say um Princess Bride. Fuck Princess Bride. All right, all right, we get it. But I know. But however, here's the one I'm going to do. Here's the one. Wait, I'm gonna you got to get his here's, choice here. Here's the one. Here's the one. Here's the one. Here's the one. Because it was brought up the other day. We were talking about it. My 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 wife might strangle him for the Princess Bride comment. Fifth <laughs> Element. Wow. Fuck that movie. I hate Fifth Element. I don't like the design work. I don't like the story. Everyone's like, oh, it's your type of movie. It's all your humor. No, it's not my humor. My humor is good. This movie, not good. I do not like it. The closest thing to good in that movie is Chris Tucker. And I hate the character he plays in that movie. <laughs> I, you know, I love, you know it's, I love you know Mila Jolovic. I do not like her in this movie. I don't like Bruce Willis. I I love the um, the villain. Slam on Bruce. In this movie. Poor Gary guy. Oldman. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Like, I love yeah. Gary Oldman. Yeah, Gary Oldman. I do not like a movie. This movie's awful. I do not like it. I will walk out of the room if you put that thing on. I, I do not I, like that movie. I'm not sure I've seen this movie from cover to cover. Like I really? think I've seen bits and pieces Don't. to make up the whole movie. Hey, but like you know, I can't say I've seen it. You want to see a great part here? The woman who plays the blue lady singing, Casey. That was the director's wife or girlfriend, and then he was cheating on her with Mila Jovovich. So. Still doesn't make Ooh, that movie my interesting. Tea? You know what's really hot? <laughs> Ian Holmes, Bilbo Baggins was in it too. Yeah, yeah. I do not like yeah. this movie. I do not like this movie. Sam, I am roll it. Well, roll we all answered. Let's get to another one. Where are we at? Are you giving us a time check or no? Thirty-three minutes and thirty-three seconds. Actually, remaining or that, in? That's how much we've gone. When you asked, one. That was thirty-three, thirty-three, one, one. Is the theater movie theater? Mm-hmm. experience dying either one of you going to answer this so you want me to go you go i think that the movie theater experience as we know it today pre-covid is dying out i don't think that movie today is not pre-covid <laughs> uh, but by the fact that you said pre-covid okay. <laughs> but i meant like but i meant like where it was it is different today than it was pre-covid and i think it's yeah. going to progressively keep dying out it's never going to be the same i think movie theaters are going to have to morph into um places where it's here's the big fun event but also here's where you go and you can watch ferris bueller or in game or Kevin winter Smith soldier Mom. 
Yeah, to go the Kevin Smith type model. I think that makes no sense. Movie theaters are way too fucking expensive. No shit. And I think that that's killing themselves on that. Um, on top of movies are so expensive to make. The fact that it was over $300 million to do Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, it didn't need to be. And the reason I know it didn't need to be because Oppenheimer only cost about $150 million to make that movie and they detonated a ginormous bomb. Barbie was less than Indiana Jones, which makes no sense to me. There's a lot of bloated movie budgets. I was listening to a conversation yeah. about this and they were talking about when you have a movie that say is like, 250 million dollars you really have to figure that cost the promotion it's probably more like 500 million yeah so you got to make somewhere like six to seven to make it profitable yeah basically yeah that's okay. why a lot of movies fail is because the budgets have become so bloated and well, i think it's it, reflecting on the not only the movie industry but also on the theater model it's why it's becoming so un, it's unsustainable but it's not just that it's also goes back to the capitalistic model of this movie cost a hundred or two hundred million dollars to make, and we made six hundred million, and then they considered a failure because last year a movie that cost the same made you know the same amount. So this should have made more. We should have seen that increase. And they keep going. If it doesn't make a billion, it's a failure. If you make eight hundred million dollars, that's a pretty damn good profit at the end of the day. But to John's point about the, you know, skyrocketing budgets and the double, you know, when you count in marketing and stuff, yeah. are some of these movies being set up to fail? Like, I mean, are, yeah, some of them like are. thinking that's, like a flash. That's or a whole nother you know? cat in the bag right there that yeah. they've got a problem with is the way that they throw good money into bad situations. Right. Or they take good money and they throw it away. Like because, they know that, like, well, I mean, right it, it's off. the springtime for Hitler complex, yeah. right? If you can get exactly. it just right. You can write it off. And that's what happened to John Carter for Disney. Mm -hmm. They spent all this money and they, they didn't market it on purpose. They didn't set it up to fail so that they could write it off at the end of the day. And they did. See, that's the kind of loophole nonsense that needs to be taken out of yeah. the tax code right there. But I do, but back to what I was saying, I think the theater experience as, as we know it, um, particularly pre-COVID, is gone. People are, they cost too much. You're not going to just go to the movie today and be like, I want to see Polite Society because I have nothing to do. You're going there. You're already going to be spending 25 bucks minimum, most likely. So you're going to see the thing you want to see. You're not going to waste the money to potentially like something. No, movie no, theaters I mean, are no longer about the movie. They're about the experience. Well, and I think that's the way they should market themselves more yeah. and more. Yeah. Like like what Casey was saying with the idea of showing old films, letting you see things that you didn't see in theaters, mm -hmm. those kind of things, and then lowering the price so that you can bring more people in and generate more profit yeah. rather than trying to become reliant on these blockbusters. Because, I mean, I think back on my own life, and I think about 10 years ago how often I went to the movie theaters. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't even have to do with the fact that I have a fam I'm married with a three kids now, and I wasn't it's that still, way over yeah. 10 years ago. But it was like, it's just looking at the way I used to go as more of a thing you did. And now it's like, it's a, like a headache. Yeah. It's a headache well, on a lot of levels. I mean, like I said, when I told <laughs> you guys previously about how I went to see across the spider verse with my kids, cause mm -hmm. we were, we were going to be reviewing the movie and I wanted to see it and they wanted to see it. And I remember going into the theater and I wanted to just get them cups for water and they were going to try and charge me 30 bucks for cups. Well, I, th I think so. part of it's also like you can have, a great movie experience at home you still technically can you can have a great you can have a great tv you can dim the lights you can get it as quiet as you want you don't have the jackass next to you talking the whole time you don't have people on cell phones going the whole time when i watched oppenheimer there was some dick two rows in front of me pulled out his phone and was texting and tweeting most of the movie there was another person on the other side a row in front of me pulled out yes. their phone to film the explosion because they wanted to film it on their phone. Like, I don't have to deal with that at home. Yeah. Like, I so, the movie means you have to deal with assholes. Yeah. So, I mean, this doesn't solve that. But I was thinking during the time, like, maybe there needs to be a division of, of theaters in terms of, like, a family theater. So, it's built for families. You know, maybe no, it's no, a little no, bit no. more you, sit down. At they a have table, that already. Dinner though. theater. Sort no, of I, think you, I think you can do this. I don't think you have to do the subdivision. I think what you need to do is if the subdivision comes, you let... 
those IMAX theaters be like the huge event theaters. And then yeah, you like course. every, every, every yeah, other are. theater becomes a rotating, a cheaper option with a rotating thing. You'll bring people back because there won't be such pressure because I mean, look at how Casey, how much did you pay for that ticket for you to be that pissed off? You paid what? 20 bucks for that ticket. Almost? Well, I mean, in my, then I do have not a list. Reward, so, not kind of, but, but I have, you, I have a list. So it's 25, brag, it's, it's $25. A month to see three movies a week, but if I had spent yes, to how see would it, have you had? Yes, that yeah. I saw it in IMAX. Well, you spent so I would have been. I would have possibly paid twenty three. I think. I think it's twenty three fifty. See, who wants to pay twenty three bucks to go into a theater now and have some jack wipe? Yeah, ruining your experience. Yeah, it's a different matter when I'm going to pay five bucks. Right, and I'm going to a movie, and I know I might run into some jack wipes. But if I'm paying twenty three to twenty five dollars to go into a movie theater. I better have the ability. I better have the right to step over and take that guy's phone and throw it against the wall. <laughs> now, now, one thing that I will say that makes it hard for theaters to be like now, the rep house. Hold on, I'm not advocating violence. Don't do this. Um, one, one thing that makes the rep houses. Some studios don't let rep houses have their movies. Like Disney, notoriously does not allow people to show their old stuff. But Disney also screws over movie theaters with like their cuts, the percentages that they get. Um, Fox used to be really good about it. You could just get any Fox movie you wanted. But now that Disney owns Fox, they lock down that library. Mm-hmm. So that becomes a small problem with um, doing the rep houses. But I think at the end of the day, it's the better thing. It gets Yes, the movie, the studios may not make as much money on um, letting it replay out there, but they do get the brand awareness. They keep the IPs alive and it keeps the movie theaters going because the movie theaters need people in there buying popcorn and drinks because that's how they make their money. And if they can charge $5 to see Ferris Bueller or when I was in Ohio, there was a dollar theater I went to all the time and I would just pay a dollar. I saw um, Friday the 13th, um, Jason goes to Manhattan for a buck, but I went in and I bought some popcorn and some Coke. And I sat there and watched that old, horrible movie. And guess where the theater makes their money? Yeah. The popcorn, popcorn and the Coke. The Coke. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's a changing experience, not necessarily dying, but I think it is going to morph into something new. And if it doesn't morph, it will die. Yep. Adapt or die, basically. Roll the die. Well, what do we got left? Uh, uh, we got four uh, or five? Five. Four or five. Oh, I'm rolling all the numbers, baby. But he is. He hasn't time. even had to re-roll. This is pretty, pretty I good. I've not had to re-roll yet. We're doing we're on a streak. Let's go. Where do you guys see the comic book space going in the next ten years? I think we're. I think we're at a kind of a standstill. I don't. I don't see much upward change, but I also don't think we'll see much of a decline. Um, I think. I think it's a kind of a self-sustaining niche at this point. I I will say that I, I think it's a self-sustaining niche, but here's my thing that I think they've got to do. First and foremost, they need to understand that it is a collective eco environment from yes. which all of them, DC, Marvel, Image, everybody ex- coexists in. So, and I think one Teamwork of the things makes that the I, dream work. Well, and, exa- and I think one of the things that I think I want to see more of is stop with these grand narrative specials these summer events like let's stop that let's get back to like solid world building that's me one of the things that turns me off to mostly like say marvel and dc these days is all the constant rebooting and revamping and this sort of incoherent undefined world space and i remember when marvel was so good at this back in the late 90s early aughts and i'm like i want that back like i feel like there's there's things that they are doing and i maybe i'm like well, you guys need to get a little bit better about this if you're going to do a self-sustained story then do a 12 max 12 issue maxi run that's fine hmm. but if you want to build something larger then like commit i think in the next 10 years um, we're going to see a drastic change in comic books themselves. I think they are going to mostly be digital. I think they are going to price themselves out of paper. And I think that they will still do paper. They will do it very, they will do very small print runs that they will try to control the 
the market with, um, but they're going to push everyone to go digital. Comic book nowadays, hell, when John and I started, comic book ranged somewhere between $0.75 cents to $1.25, maybe $1.50 if it was a special. Nowadays, the cheapest you're getting in is three ninety nine, and most likely you're paying four to five ninety nine per issue. We've, we've seen inflation your... of about three hundred to five hundred percent. Yeah, and they're cutting down the number of pages. Yeah, but when did you guys get in? Like the nineties, eighties, early nineties. Yeah, I mean, it's so been over thirty, 30 years. years. Thirty oh, years. Yeah. No, no, yeah. but but but, here's the but, thing. but, but they yeah, still yeah. have ad- they still have ads in them, so we're still paying for a bunch of ads. They're also limp- sure. they're shrinking the page counts. So Casey, we're not getting more pages. Casey, let's yeah. point out something this. If we are seeing a 500% increase, Eric, when we are doing that in the 90s, it's $1.25. If you go back 50 years, you only shave off 75 cents. From $1.90 or $1.25? $1.25. And then imagine the other end. It's of 50 so cents, you know, 1950s so, or whatever. Well, so let's say 1950s, we're talking about 40 50 cents, let's say 50 cents, yeah. 1950s. Mm-hmm. We're talking about between that time and our time, we're talking about a 200, maybe 250% increase over 50 years. Right. And then we're watching a 500% increase. Yeah. In our own lifetime of a smaller span. And Eric, when I say the most books are about four ninety nine to five ninety nine, there are a lot that are starting to just be like, you know what, fuck it, we're doing seven ninety nine, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, look, and know. again, they're not they're not increasing the pay. Like, if you're going to do that, at least give me an extra panel or two. They're well, seven ninety nine away. Seven ninety nine books, you at least are getting a little bit more. Generally, they are Sometimes, a little bit. Yeah. Thicker, yeah, but I also you know. subscribe to certain streamers for certain episodes of certain shows. And I only get six of those, let's say, in a season versus what I used to get when it was 24. I mean, back in oh, my well, day, things were always better, right? Okay, well, <laughs> okay, well goes, let's, right? let's look, but, but let's look at Spider-Man. The difference, though. Let's look at Spider-Man. Yeah. So if you're paying if you're paying $4.99 a month per unit, for your you Spider-Man think. book, that's one thing. But for Amazing Spider-Man, what they decided to do was you're going to pay $4.99 every two weeks now for it. If you read Batman, you're paying $4.99 every week. They're releasing a new Batman every week? Yes. Well, to that end, you're getting new content every week. Yes, but it used to be you could what you would get for that would be for one cost. You get one cost in one book. It would be one nice size book. They are now, they're stretching it out and shrinking the books down. So So you're getting one book spread across four, but charged for four. Yes. And right. so I mean I, that's dick, but that's business, yeah. baby. But, I, but I, what <laughs> I think, but what I think is going to happen is they're going to start trying to force everyone digital. They're going to start to force sure. everyone into Marvel Unlimited, DC um, Universe, Comicsology. You'll be on a digital subscription, is what you'll be. Subscribers yeah. a great short term option. We've already talked about the long term plateau, right? And yes. I think where the rest of the the industry will change, what, where that's going to hurt is, I think it's going to drive out new people coming in. It's going to hurt people who want to stay in because they don't they don't like digital. A lot of comic people don't like digital. They prefer the reading it. So I think that's going to hurt your um it's going to cause a shift market. The, it's going to have it's going to cause a shift in the audience is what yeah. it's, and it's already happening. I mean, I and can the tell other, you right now that the way they produce their comics now and the storylines they do yeah. don't I'm I'm far more appealed to graphic novels and other things where the long format is still more alive and they're actually building out a longer story. There are far less titles in the yeah. mainstream that I am attracted to anymore. Well, and the the other problem is the the resale market. It has become so hit with speculators. Again. Like I watched some, I watched a place recently. They were charging one seventy five for a book, and someone was trying to talk to the person, and be like, "Hey, I don't want to pay one seventy five. Can you do one twenty five? And the guy's like, "No, I can't do that. There's a movie about to come out for this." And the person was like, "No, that movie got canceled." Oh, what? What? And they immediately had to check, and then they were like, "Oh." Okay, I'll do the price that you want. They could have done that price to begin with. They wanted, they were speculating that they could get the higher price. And that is what the comic book market has become. And it's a so, giant but, bubble that's going to burst. But There's to that no end, way you, it. you have the GameStop dilemma with like a PlayStation or Xbox, which is you have the reseller market is mm-hmm. better than the seller market, right? Absolutely. The seller is going to sell it for $4.99, $0.75, cents, yeah. $1.25, $3, whatever you yeah. think it should be now, right? 
they're going to lose out on all that extra cash, right? They know that what they're producing is going to resell better yeah. in, in the long run. So why not try to make a little bit more off it at, at the start so that they get a better cut because they're never going to get that back end until they become their own resellers, which I'm sure they have that as well. At this well, point. no, they are becoming their own resellers. And that's yeah. where that's what I'm saying. it's a, it's a bubble. And yeah. we're actually already seeing the, the comic bubble burst. Prices are actually starting to drop. If you look at the last several months, prices are starting to finally come down because they hit a, a point where people can't afford these books anymore. Um, so I think it, I think that's where it's going to change. I think it's going to be drastically different. It's going to be mostly digital. And I think my, the secondhand my, market's going to be smaller. My question when the price comes down, how does that impact the people being paid for the work? They barely get paid for it anyway. Mm-hmm. Kevin yeah, Smith, I, I listened to Kevin Smith talk about um, when he got paid for Daredevil. He got paid $200 a page. It has always been a shit market. Yeah. For, for you don't get and writers. You don't get insurance. You don't get to own it. You don't um, You don't get residuals for anything. That's why Image Comics exists, folks. Yeah. Because they told Marvel to F themselves. So yeah. Are you saying support Image Comics? No, they're owned by DC now. There's a there's a the man just there's a new but one image, but image image actually still it's creator owned yeah mm. there's there. a new one that a new company that's coming out um like um Scott Snyder uh, Mark Bernard and some others are going to and the way they do it is um for your writers and stuff you you become a part of the company like you own a piece of the company you get stock in the company to help. That's like you image. Know, it's a lot it. like image was. They're trying to begin in the beginning. Yeah. They're trying to take that model, but improve it and make it actually better there. This is a group that's branching away from comicsology okay. to do its own thing. Um, there were a thing at Comic-Con about that. I just don't remember the name. All, All right. right. Roll the die. Let's see what we get. Are we going to hit? Well, it's got to be four. We've done five. Watch it be something else. Shut up. Shut up. Oh! Shut up. No, it was not. No, it was it not. Was. I don't know. Right. Baby. Listeners, write in. Not funny guys. Dot off the reels. What gmail.com roll, baby? Now, what? How much time do we got left? We gotta go. What is it that you enjoy most about cons? The atmosphere, the people, the the happiness that is on everyone's faces, for the most part. As long as they didn't miss their their speaker. I like going to meet artists. All of them. Um, I like to get to know the writers and the artists, the ones who are popular, the ones who are big time. I like to get a feel for who they are, but I also like really enjoy Artist Alley a lot. I like it all. It is my happy place. I will gladly get up at 3 a.m. and go stand in line all he day He has made long. us get up at 3 a.m. and go stand in line. Um, it, it, it truly is my happy place. I will walk it all day long. I will take no breaks except for to go pee when I need to. I literally will take a sandwich with me. Um, I don't get frustrated. I get frustrated with other things, but I don't get frustrated packs with like the it's lines. a road trip, folks. I do. I love meeting. I love not just meeting the people and talking to people in line. I love just seeing the costumes, seeing the artists, seeing the writers, Telling them how much I appreciate their work, here seeing their excitement when you show them old things that they haven't seen in forever. I love the panels. I love it all. It just makes me it makes me very happy. Um, now, my favorite type of con. I've been to several um, comic cons. Are a lot of fun. I really like D twenty three, a Disney con, and it's a drastically different type of thing than a comic con. Um, but that is its own unique fun, and um, it's it's the culture. Everyone's just. I think C two E two was where I had the most fun with you. C two E two is so good. I, I mean, uh, the best part about a con is is you're in the middle of a place where everyone shares your interest. Yeah, and you it's know? even better if you're there with friends because they're it's excited. Like a, it's like a, it's like a reunion. Yeah, yeah, everyone's excited to be sharing this. It's a with it's each a other. pilgrimage, is what it is. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, going to PAX East um, when I finally got to go was so great. And that's that's a um, basically a board game convention. They do have some video game stuff. Mm. It's mostly a board game. Sitting down and just playtesting something with just strangers. You're all there wanting the same thing, to learn something new, have fun. It doesn't matter if you win the game, you lose the game. You're just there to enjoy each other's company. And it's so refreshing and amazing. Um, I know a guy who like tends to, to run a, a dungeon master there. I think he's won awards for his, his running of stables. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Fish. Excellent. Well done, guy. Nice. You're, uh, you're well known. All right. Um, John, roll the die. No, we're you done. Roll the die. We're, 
Roll the die. We what? Still have more time. Roll what? Bonus. Is this a bonus clip at the end of the credits? <laughs> three. Three. Eric, give me a hot take. About what? Anything. Give me a hot take now. <laughs> now. Hot take. Um, uh, Batman Forever is one of the best Batmans in existence. Uh, it's better than either of the, any of the Clooney. Well, the one Clooney. And it's better than Batman Returns. I haven't seen Batman Returns for him. I can't stand by the take. I'm sorry. <laughs> John, roll the die. <laughs> this is the punishment round. It's two. I hate this. <laughs> John, give me a hot take. Casey's dislike of Princess Bride is stupid. All right, that's a hot take for me, but not for anyone else. <laughs> roll the die. You didn't say it had to be for everybody. <laughs> four again oh man i gotta give you a hot take um <laughs> wow. who would have guessed <laughs> i know who would have guessed that that's how this is gonna go um wow way to go i know i'm sorry i was trying to think of <laughs> i gave away my real good hot take during the uh f- films wait, everybody wait, here, loves okay here, I okay i got one when it comes back to me you got one because okay um i will here's my hot take um it's it's kind of a hot take, but kind of not. Um, the Zack Snyder movies, they're 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 their own thing. You know what? He did something. He put his own branch on it. It's like an Elseworld in a comic book. It's like a remaking of a a story, a movie, or an adaptation of a book into a movie or TV show. You may not, we may not like necessarily what happened and how he did it, but at the end of the day, he had the balls to make something that I don't have the balls to make. And um, at the end of the day, I do at least respect someone for doing something. Now, his fans are nuts, but that's its own thing. But I do give him the credit for trying. Might have failed, in my opinion, but I do give him the credit. Roll the die. (laughs) Gee, who could it land on? (laughs) (laughs) Two? John, give me a hot take. God damn it! (laughs) Zack Snyder is crap. I will stand by that till my dying day. He has a, a puerile understanding of superheroes. He is locked into a weird messianic view of how superheroes work. He is what Grant Morrison describes as a missionary who comes to comic book material with his own vision of how things should be with little or no respect for what it truly is. If he had simply made a Batman film, it would have been fine, but he made a Superman film and he completely misunderstood the, the assignment. Zack Snyder is to uh, the the comic book world what DeSantis is to presidential politics. Exactly. <laughs> Roll the die. <laughs> How much time do we have? Until I say stop rolling the die. But Six. I'm watching that's cock. Eric, go. Elon Musk is just four steps ahead of us. And this is all going to pan out in his favor in the long run. Ooh. You're saying he's playing 3D chess? Yeah, I'm saying I'm saying the move to X, the limiting of the number of tweets you can or X's. I don't know what are they called now. Twixes. I think Twixes. they're Zs. Twix. Z's. Why not? Let's go for something else that I'll get sued for. Twixes. So his Twixes now <laughs> <laughs> are 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 going to be uh, 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 copyrighted and sued every time. Roll the he, He's 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 just a genius. <laughs> Two. Ooh, John. Yeah, I knew that was coming back to me. <laughs> All right. Um, hot take. Um, uh, this is actually something I was listening to the other day that was talking about this. There's a there's an idea in American society that there is a paranoid culture and that the paranoid culture of our society cannot truly take hold over us as long as there are normal people in the middle who keep it at bay. And I think that's based on some new research that that's probably wrong and that we are a conspiratorial nut job of a country. Roll the there die. You go. Two. Jedi is the best Star Wars movie. Which Jedi? Return of the Jedi <laughs> is the best Star Wars movie. Roll the die. <laughs> Four. Eric. Donald Trump will win in 2024. 
Roll oh, the die. What the hell? <laughs> Six. Ooh, John. Uh, Glenn Youngkin will win the Republican nomination in 2024. <laughs> that odds, good sir. I'll see you on the battlefield. <laughs> Roll the die. Five. How do we still have time? Burger King onion rings are better than McDonald's French fries. Wow. Oh, wow. That is like Whoa. fighting. <laughs> Roll the die. Two. Go. Two. Me. Whataburger burgers are better than any other fast food. And time. That is Ooh. one hour on the dot. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I hope you had a lot of fun with this exciting episode. Of <laughs> and we kept a good time. Came down to the wire. <laughs> <laughs> this will go down as my greatest rolls of all time. I should have been running a DD game. It should have been a DD game. You got all six in a row. Well, not two, in a three, row, but like two, three, without six, ever. One, five, four. Oh, damn, that's ridiculous. It literally happened, folks. He showed us the die. He did technically show us the die. We didn't watch it roll, but he rolled it and then held it up. But we're going to trust him. We also think uh, John's a dirty, dirty cheater. But, you know, we're not going to hold that against him right now. Uh-huh. He did. <laughs> but then we then I made us take um, I made us take about seven minutes to just roll the die and give hot takes. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I hope you had a lot of fun. And thank you for listening to I our Comic-Con special. Fun episode of the not funny guys proudly present off the reels you can write us and let us know what you thought of this episode at not funny guys dot off the reels at gmail.com you can sit there and message us on where's my thing you can see <laughs> us on the twitter at not funny guys pod you can see us on the insta at not underscore funny underscore guys underscore presents Pretty soon, we will be on Blue Sky. I'm one invite code away from getting us on Blue Sky. God help us. You can find me on Twitter, Vash underscore Maxwell, for more hot takes. You can find me on Letterboxd at Vash Maxwell. Hi, Casey Franklin. Blue Sky, Casey Franklin. Eric, you can find basically on Letterboxd at E-K-L-Y, that's Eckley, and on Insta at Hot Honey underscore comics. And the spicy shit he put out today would make Babs tar blush. Mm, oh, it's it's so spicy. Um, John, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram at esoteric underscore by underscore design or on uh, letterbox at esoteric underscore Evans. And you can now find me on Blue Sky at arching Ooh. with a PhD, all one word. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> um, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm this so is... humble. I'm so I'm so humble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm five drinks in. Uh, I am. This is the first of four specials we are giving you this year. The other three, you'll have to wait and see what they are, but they're going to be doozies if this one was any indication. So thank you all. Good night and good luck. See you soon. Yeah.